Hello, and welcome to the journalism.co.uk podcast with me, Jacob Granger. This week's episode, I explore an issue close to home, postgraduate job seeking with a focus on motivational advice and mental health. Before we delve into it though, just a quick word from Caroline on our upcoming News Rewired conference. Hi everyone, Caroline here. Our next UGY Digital Journalism Conference is coming up on the 7th of November at Reuters in London. Now we've got two great speakers confirmed already, in Sarah Marshall from Vogue International, who will be the keynote speaker, and Ellen Stewart from Pink News. And we've got many more great names yet to come. From AI to fake news, we'll be covering all the big talking points, so you'll be equipped with all the practical skills and ideas for you to take into your news organisation. Head over to newsyourwire.com to grab your tickets online, where you can also get the Newsyourwire Plus deal, which will get you an extra day of training the day before. See you there. Having graduated with a degree in multimedia journalism last year, it took me a year to break into the industry. There were many applications along the way, a couple of interviews, some rejections, and even more without reply. Subsequently, I spent a lot of time in various jobs outside of my degree field. A few months in a call centre, much longer in two different weather spoons. It was a difficult period for me, but one I feel that I have come out on the other side better as a result. Today I hope to start a discussion about postgraduate job seeking in journalism in particular. This aims to be simply a useful resource for those in similar situations who might be finding this experience difficult or daunting. However, it also aims to be a positive discussion, not just to raise awareness of the topic, also to promote steps from industry insiders to postgraduates. So we will be hearing from a recent postgrad, journalist, a social psychologist, writer and professor, and also an executive level media recruiter. First up is Georgia Pierce. She left Bournemouth Uni in 2017 with a degree in multimedia journalism and went on to work in retail for seven months until her big break came after a successful trial day with Express Newspapers. Now video editor, she explains to me that although her aspirations lie in the magazine sector, it was too good of an opportunity to pass up. While she is happy now in her role, it wasn't all plain sailing. I definitely did have some low points um, between leaving uni and finally getting a journalism job, just because it is a really tough industry to get into, and I had quite a few setbacks with interviews that I thought I might have done well in. And then I was told that I didn't obviously get the job. So that definitely knocked me back. And obviously seeing people on my course getting jobs before me and in jobs that are really good did make me feel a bit low about myself because I thought, well, if they can do it, surely I can do it. But yeah, once I obviously got offered the job that I have now, I felt a lot better and I had a retail job to fall back on. So I knew that I wasn't completely useless. She tells me now that it was mostly the moral support of their friends and family that got her through the rough patches. Obviously I'd had friends that had finished other degrees from other universities and they were also struggling to find jobs. So I knew that I definitely wasn't the only person struggling to find a graduate job. I knew that a lot of us were all in the same boat and yeah, I just had to kind of wait my turn, I guess. But yeah, getting through was definitely a lot easier having friends that are also struggling and my family there to support me, you know, encouraging me just to keep trying, keep pushing for new jobs. It doesn't matter, you know, if it isn't a job you specifically want to do, as long as it's in the industry that you want to eventually get to your dream job in, then 
it's a start, definitely. Georgia points to a lack of feedback on rejections as one of the main difficulties in job seeking. The other is high experience expectations from employers. In their emails afterwards, they'd say like, you interviewed really well, but you didn't get the job. And it just kind of knocks your confidence a bit because you think, well, if I did well, then what was the thing that stopped me getting the job? And I think mainly it was experience. A lot of these jobs, they say you need at least one or two years experience in the industry. But for someone who's a graduate and just coming out of their degree, they may just have six weeks placement, which is what um, my course offered. We only had six weeks placement. So it is really tough trying to get into the industry when they're expecting so much of you when you haven't done anything yet, if that makes sense. Maybe trying to find... Um, internships or just freelancing or doing more experience like work experience I think that would help but luckily I got a lucky break without having to do all that. But as a main point of advice she says not to rush it just keep your head down keep busy stay positive get on the ladder when you can in your own time. And if you are trying to look for something specific to get into such as you know sports celebrity beauty I'd say try not to just aim for those because that's what I was trying to do and I wasn't getting anywhere so yeah just trying to find a job in the industry that somewhat interests you and will get you on the career ladder I think is the way forward as well as maybe trying to get a retail job or something on the side just so you're earning money while you're looking all graduates are the same and your lucky strike will come at some point. Next up is Claire Deakoff who currently writes for the Huffington Post in the past, she's been outspoken about postgraduate blues in her writing, so the topic is one that she has researched thoroughly. Some of her work indicates that of a study of 40 students, 95% of them believe postgraduate depression is real, and 87% think there should be more exposure. Having been in postgraduate limbo herself and witnessing the market her brother is going into now, she says that university students need more guidance after their dissertation hand in. I don't think the stress of being a student ends when you're sort of a graduate. I think there's a lot of pressure. And I think especially as an English graduate, I very much struggled with the, OK, that's great. I've got my degree. Now, what the hell do I do now? I think it's quite a lonely time um, and quite a confusing time to experience what you're going to do in the next stage. And I think this was why it was quite a topic quite close to my heart. Looking back on the decision she's faced, Claire empathises with what students are going through now, relating to the catch-22 of needing experience in order to get it. This can be frustrating, she says, when the job market is both abundant and restrictive in opportunities, but she encourages postgrads to try their hand at as much as they can. The biggest thing that I found was getting your foot in the door, and it was that first sort of step on the ladder. It's hard because it's often the biggest step into the job market, and it's often the trickiest because there's so many options out there but also that can feel quite restrictive and I think I've actually come to the sort of realisation now that it's not about which is best it's about figuring out what works for you and also most probably strikingly what doesn't work. She has covered the role social media plays in this topic widely in the past and continues to explain how this can exacerbate the social pressure postgrads face to land an industry job but indicates that our news feeds aren't necessarily a true indication of reality. So perhaps a pinch of salt is needed. 
I think there could be a lot of pressure of sort of feeling like a failure, especially if like their friends or peers are getting on quicker or seem to be sort of finding things that are suited to them or right for them or just getting something that it makes you just sort of go quite internal and think, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with my approach? What am I doing wrong? What should I be doing right? And I think you can then start asking those questions that sort of just go on and on and on. I sort of like the phrase, everything looks good effect, mainly because as humans, we're more likely to sort of show off about the things that are good happening to us as opposed to the things that aren't going quite so well. And that barks this whole cyclical sort of, okay, well, I'm on Instagram and all of my friends or all of the people I follow seem to be doing these amazing things. And yet I'm at home. I've not found a job yet. My life, therefore, isn't as valid or isn't as sort of exciting. It's comforting to know that Claire has been more I have. Working somewhere makes shift and pulling antisocial hour shifts. She tells me how she turned it into an impetus and how it kept her focused on the pursuit for a job within journalism. I was actually in a similar situation a few years ago when I was working in a club uh, nearby and that was something that I did not want to do. It was not my career. I think I did it six to eight months. It was very antisocial hours. It was Friday to Sunday. It was about 7pm till 3am and by the time you get home you don't want to spend your free time sat on your laptop looking for jobs. However, I think having that sort of motivation for the bigger picture is the core to keeping you going. That's what kept me going and that was my drive because I knew it wasn't what I wanted to do forever and I knew there were so many parts of that job that really, really took it out of me and that I did not enjoy that I sort of used as positive fuel to sort of keep me going and to sort of use my energy from thinking I don't want to be doing this job to, right, how can I use my time and effort to actually find a job that I do want to do? first tip for staying motivated seems an obvious one, but one that looking back you'd be surprised how it's overlooked. Sometimes less really is more. I think the biggest sort of way to keep yourself motivated is to take a break from it. Don't do it too much to the point that you're saturated. Even little and easy things such as going for a walk or going outside, getting fresh air is one of the cheapest and quickest and probably best things that I could recommend just to have that instant motivation to actually just one, don't think about it for a bit, get some air in your lungs, do something different and have a break. I think it can become quite addictive when you're looking at job after job after job, but that's not very healthy. And it's probably going to be sort of counterintuitive to your mental health for one and to your self-esteem. But understanding that mental health factors can be at play, she calls on postgraduates to lessen the load on themselves and look for support around them. I would just sort of say, do things in your own time, push on while you can, but also, yeah, don't be so hard on yourself. It's easier said than done, but I think this is where we need to be supporting our friends and our loved ones. And if we see someone who is struggling, who is not getting where they want to be, it's just reassuring them, just really helping them get through that and just reminding them that this too will pass. As a journalist, she also recognises that despite tough industry conditions and sometimes external factors, there is one thing that needs to come first. I mean, I'm going to be completely honest. Journalism is a very, very difficult sector. So when I was trying to get into journalism, I ended up just doing freelance writing and internships because I gave up in the end because I could not find a full-time job in journalism. And I think it can be quite a ruthless 
environment. And I do think there's a lot of pressure, not only on aspiring sort of journalists trying to break into the industry, but also people who are trying to stay in it as well. If you lose your job, for example, and you're trying to then find another job and you've got rent to pay, that puts you in a very difficult situation. And it's not as easy as me just saying, yeah, just sit there, enjoy your time and just don't be too hard on yourself because there's a lot more external factors that can come into this. Um, I'm very aware but I do think you have to put yourself first and just put your mental health first and your mind first because you can't look after the rest of you if you're being too hard on yourself in that sense. I speak now with Erica Price, qualified in social psychology by training, now a professor at Loyola University in Chicago and also a prominent medium writer on mental health issues broadly. They describe to me how their students can feel despair by taking on massive debt without knowing what the ultimate payoff will be. This can exacerbate existing mental health problems. They talk to me about the sorts of emotion this instills within students and how they can overcome them. People set up really unfair expectations for themselves. They should be applying constantly to you know, dozens of things every day. And so one of the first things that I often suggest when someone is feeling like they're not meeting their goals and they're really beating themselves up about it is to set really small accomplishable goals and to really again give themselves credit for it so um if somebody has really reached that point of being really burned out and dejected maybe they're just going to spend the better part of the week you know five six seven days just looking up jobs in a particular industry and maybe applying to one of them um what is like a reasonable number of goals to set for somebody really depends on where they're at emotionally and all of the other stuff that they have to juggle wants to also uncover more mental health specific solutions for postgraduates as well. And Erica's solutions, like Claire's, struck me as ones which you can ignore when your head is buried in the sand. So these ones I found very accessible. You might not have access to therapy. So if that's the case, seeking out support groups, seeking out productivity groups that are in your area where you just get to basically sit around other people who are trying to get things done and, you know, spend some time in a coffee shop and maybe even vent a little bit about how dejected you're feeling. Getting out of that cycle of beating themselves up um, is a really hard thing to do. And so just giving themselves permission to like mourn lost opportunities. Not everybody can send in dozens of applications and hear nothing back and like hit the ground running. My interest in Erica peaked when I read their article on perceptions of laziness and the barriers job seekers face. I was keen to explore this topic further and Erica suggests generational expectations play a big role in the goals job seekers set for themselves. So what can be done to reverse this effect? So for some people, just really seeing like the bare statistical facts of it uh, and the overall trends can help them feel like it's not their fault and it's not a personal failing. That can bring comfort to some people, uh, but that doesn't work for everyone. Sometimes seeing that dismal situation can just make someone feel even less motivated. So that's not always the best approach. Um, I think finding people that are in the same boat as you always normalizes hard feelings and uh, makes you feel less alone and gives you the freedom to talk about some of these frustrations. Imparting Erica's background was refreshing to explain why students should confront their emotions instead of locking them up. And if they are struggling, simply allowing themselves to feel that way can be a helpful first step as opposed to denying themselves it. This is a feeling that um, comes to a lot of people during a big change in your life even when the change is going well. So when you add on top of that, um, struggling to meet goals that you really wish that you could meet, even when you do know it's not your fault, that's a really hard thing to be going through. And so you do need a lot of 
support and mental health resources and whatever um, kind of things help you as a person feel buffered and a little bit more strong, whatever that is for you. But you also are allowed to have a time to really, really throw a tantrum about it or be really um, depressed and mournful about it. Now we speak to Martin Tripp, an executive level headhunter in the media field running his own company, Martin Tripp Associates. As a former financial journalist as well, I felt Martin would provide excellent insight and expertise as to what media recruiters look for on the other side of the desk. Even though his business recruits at a typical level of 10 to 20 years of experience, we both felt that this would be a good chance to identify what skills postgrads need to develop early, because as he put it, dictates the next 10 to 15 years of their careers. Let's hear what advice he has for postgraduate journalists. First piece of advice I always give to graduates is to try as many things as you can. In fact, you should be doing that before you become a graduate. When you're at university, get involved with the local newspaper, college radio, maybe your local hospital radio, trying new things, building websites, all these things that are the core skills now for a multimedia journalist. Refreshingly, Martin was keen to identify that all employers look for the same things, so whether you're going in for an entry-level or executive-level job, there is one thing that will be ever-present. Whether you were talking about a sales director or a uh, coffee shop worker or whatever, employers want people who identify problems and solve them. That's it, right? For lots of employers, that's money, the problem. But for media employers, a lot of that problem is going to be digital or social media, things they're not familiar with, right? If they can see somebody who's got a track record, whether at university or in work, of identifying problems and solving them, they will feel encouraged that that person can bring those same skills to work. So when it comes to postgrads being demoralised with rejections, what would he advise? The response I got was simple yet effective. He said it's all about keeping the momentum going when you can, which will eventually break the catch-22. If you just spend your entire time reading adverts, sending off letters... You know, you will get depressed. There is no question. You will get discouraged. But you need to find a way of accommodating so you can spend a couple of hours a day doing that, but keeping yourself busy. By keeping yourself busy, not only does work make you feel better about yourself, again, when you're talking to a potential employer, they really like the fact that you've come out of college, you haven't been too proud that you've gone and just got some work, whether it's working in a coffee shop. It was also helpful for Martin to illustrate that he has taken on people with large periods of generic employment and that he never saw it as a drawback. Instead, he was able to see the positives in the transferable skills and identify them as opportunities for you to showcase your digital and social media skills. Another of our excellent researchers spent two years working in a coffee shop because she couldn't get a job. What do you get out of working in a coffee shop? Well, you get customer management skills, you get interpersonal skills, you know, you feel much more relaxed around people. So then when you get your job as a journalist, you're not fumbling for words. You've you've got the confidence of interaction, right? You might be in that coffee shop and they might have a rubbish website. Stick your hand up, say, let me build a website for you or I'll do some content marketing for you. I'll run your social media campaign. This is really important, actually, for journalists now, is that you have a commercial awareness. It used to be, 20 years ago, that journalists 
lived in an ivory tower and didn't have anything to do with the commercial side of media. But you really now have to understand that, particularly if you want to get to an executive level. Finally, as a proud father himself, Barty's daughter is a graphic design university student. He expanded on why he believes she'll be snapped up quickly in the job market. And when I asked what advice he would give her when she graduates, it turned out the answer is the other way around. Jamie is a really good example, I think, of somebody who an employer will want to take on. She's got all those things on her CV, which just make people think she's, you know, got an engine and that she's not afraid of work. And that's really important. So my advice to her will be, you will find a job. It might take you a while. In the meantime, keep working. Actually, her favorite motto is from Finding Nemo, keep on swimming. So that would be my advice to everyone, keep on swimming. A good way for you to keep on swimming then is to keep on top of job vacancies. Fortunately for you, journalism.co.uk has you covered with a fantastic resource that allows you to do exactly that. So I'll be handing over briefly to Jasmine, who is going to tell you a little bit more about our job board. Hi, Jasmine from the Jobs Board here to let you know about all the amazing opportunities we have available and how to find them. We advertise a wide range of jobs from trainee journalists to senior sub-editor at companies such as Mail Online, Sportsbeat and HuffPost. We make sure that all our job postings are clear and jargon-free and you can search them by job type, location and salary range. Go on to journalism.co.uk to find out more and follow at Journalism Jobs on Twitter. wraps up this week's episode thank you all for tuning in at home or on the commute i do hope it was useful i want to thank all my guests who took the time to speak to me today georgia claire erica and martin really i think the main takeaway is that the discussion shouldn't stop here i want you to get in touch with us on twitter at journalism news or me personally at jpg journalism with your experiences tips and advice hopefully we can track this topic further and do a follow-up in the future If you do want to hear more podcasts from us, you can do so by heading over to our website journalism.co.uk and follow the drop-down menu.